point of view, where we give students a place to listen, learn, and lean in. I'm your host, Marcus Kim, and today we'll be interviewing Ms. Pope and Mr. DeLong about their high school experiences. So, Ms. Pope and Mr. DeLong, how are you today? Great, thank you. How are you, Marcus? Uh, not so great. It's a day in school. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see, unlike, unlike you guys, I don't get paid to be here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can say I paid. <laughs> uh, oh, this is, this is very true. All right. So, of course, a lot of students kind of forget that teachers were once high schoolers, too. So, if you guys could describe your past high school selves in one phrase, what would it be? I think mine would be quiet and reserved. Mm, I see. Um, and I'd say mine would be um, nerdy, but uh, nerdy and in love with learning. I, mm. I, I wanted to be at school. I, I wanted right. to learn. Uh, that was, yeah, part so of So you woke was. up like every day excited to go to school. Yeah, I was, I was that little nerd. Yeah. <laughs> that, that enjoyed right. just the, the activity of being here at school and the learning process. Would you say that, um, so for those of you that don't know, Mr. DeLong was actually a student of Ms. Pope. Mm -hmm. So, Mr. DeLong, was there ever a day that you didn't want to go in Ms. Pope's class? <laughs> uh, not in Ms. Pope's class because her class was always very fun to be in, but there were definitely times in other classes that I would just not want to show right. up. Yeah. And Ms. Pope, you said that you enjoyed going to school every day, so even were, were there any classes you didn't like? Um... You know, I, I think a lot of you will identify with this, that the first time I remember ever needing to leave a class because I needed to cry um, was math. Oh, I see. <laughs> I, I think a lot of Northing students I, I, I get that a lot would identify with that, so that, that moment, that math moment, mm -hmm. when I realized that the A's I'd been achieving in math were crashing and that oh. so I'd sort of reached my limit <laughs> in my math experience. <laughs> So you went to high school in South Africa, South, right? South mm -hmm. Africa. And was there like a specific teacher in your high school experience that made you decide, yeah, I want to be a teacher? Um, you know, it, it, I, I really am going to be honest. I don't think it was the teachers. Um, funny enough, there was an elementary school teacher, my seventh grade teacher. She was really inspiring, but high school, not particularly, it was more college. Um, if I if I go actually towards the college experience, which which you guys are mm -hmm. are still going to experience that, that is often the college um, professor who I don't maybe has more creative freedom uh -huh. to 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 really inspire you in a direction. Also, my parents um, both came from teaching environments, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I grew up in the world of having parents who had taught. Um, and have been teachers uh, and and in a family that were teachers so i think that was part of what inspired me more than actually the teachers in school yeah i mean that's similar to me son of both teachers two teachers um i would say in terms of teachers at northview when i had um he's not here anymore but mr Feifrick was my ninth grade math teacher mm -hmm. and he was very uh eccentric and he also stuttered like me as well and I don't meet a lot of people that stutter or like so like blatantly as I do from time to time and it was different but refreshing to see someone who was in this profession who could overcome that and sort of own it mm -hmm. uh, to a certain degree. Right. Do you have any students of yourself that like yourself um, have stutters? To my knowledge, no. I mean some students will stutter but that's just from being nervous not from like just an innate 
inability to say something because of genetics mm-hmm. like are, myself are there ever times where like you see some of your own students and relate your past high school self to those students yeah i mean i was pretty awkward at times and a lot of these kids can, can, can be pretty awkward too i think being able to communicate with adults is very effective and that's definitely, that's definitely something that like i've learned to get better at and obviously being an adult now i have to but there are students who are very difficult to communicate with because they either can't make eye contact, they can't articulate their ideas in a way that I can understand them the way that they want me to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's things that I try to pick up on and I, I'll go on my way to try to help them. And Miss Pope, um, well, you've been on this earth a little bit longer, <laughs> so... <laughs> no offense. But, you do you still would you say you remember your high school like your the high school experience fairly well? Um, you know I do. I think the. I think we've got to remember. I, I think sometimes when you get caught up in the high school experience, you think this is be all and end all, and you're really at the start of the journey of your your life. You know, um, graduating high school is one tiny step, and. The, the full extent of what your life becomes. Um, but I, I, I remember particular moments, you know, um, like like a time I, I, I failed math and realized I'd come to the end of my math journey, um, or, or like, um, like making the, the first team for my field hockey team. Wow. Um, so, so, so those were kind of moments, you know, those academic moments, yeah. Um, you don't remember near as half as actually those social moments and the, the, the interactions you had with people um, that sort of cement that memory for you yeah. and make high school the experience you remember. Yeah, and I've actually um, experienced two, like three t- different high schools. Um, and Mr. DeLong, as a alumni from Northview, would you say that from the time you graduated, like, is the, was it like the cutthroat, super strict uh, academic uh, kind of environment the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Northview has always been really competitive. Um, I think also Northview is very clicky. I mean, I oh, think yeah. we're, I mean, we're very diverse, but like students have very set sets of friends. And yeah. I know that's the same for all high schools, but I feel like Northview has it pretty severe still. Like students are very set on who they want to communicate with oh, and yeah. share ideas with and whatnot. And um, a lot of my friends are also former students at Northview and almost all of them I actually never talked to when I was a student here. It was at, it was after call or it was after call after high school in college or just in just outside that like those barriers kind of broke but I feel like at Northview like there were very high barriers to be able to communicate outside of like your friend group. I, just to add to what Jason's saying, I think you know it's funny we we want to say you know Northview had a lot of pay. Every high school does. I, I think it's the nature of high school and the nature yeah. of being teenagers. And, and, and university was a different experience. Um, I think you, you break those boundaries and you, you find bigger connections and deeper connections with people than you do at the high school level. I don't know if it's a safety aspect at high school. You're still discovering yourself and your identity and, and who you are that, that, that creates these, these cliques that we find comfort with. Mm-hmm. Um, or not that we're forced into um, whatever the situation is right uh, so both of you as teachers at Northview of course Mr. DeLong in math and Miss Pope in the in English we you've definitely seen some students that are super super stressed and 
Mm -hmm. uh, getting perfect grades is their absolute number one priority. Um, now that you guys are adults, do you have a different retrospect and kind of a different view on life? I I think when I look back with the, my larger experience of <laughs> a few more years on this, um, is perspective. Um, you know, looking back, I think it's so hard because you get caught up in the um, uh, in in the high school experience, and I don't blame you. I mean, that's your narrow worldview at the moment, and what you're feeling. Um, do I think the stress is is worse than possibly um, what your parents had? And you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say yes. And I think for you to 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 recognize a real sense of stress, um, and to and and to feel an extra pressure, um, I'm going to say yes. I feel like every generation almost demands of the next generation a closer move to this this perfect student and this perfect place and um there's that you know if you're going to be successful what job are you pursuing and what what career are you getting to to the point that we've lost sight of just being human beings in the moment yeah. and and enjoying things in the moment um there's there's a real pressure to try and meet um this this outside expectation yeah. and I, I don't think it's got lighter i think it's got harder yeah uh, i mean I think, you know what I'm going to say, the more global we become, it, it's almost more like how do we meet the global competition? We're not even talking about local competition because, you know, if you think back to your parents, often it was where they went to school was where they're going to work and get yeah. their job. Maybe not your parents, but your grandparents. Now your work can take you anywhere in the world. Um, but then who are you competing against? What is What does that look like? Um, and when we're up against a world of more and more educated people um it's 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 closing in on us yeah it's a vicious cycle yeah i my opinion has ever evolved about this pursuit of perfection i think that because it's a vicious cycle you're almost forced to where yeah. like a lot of these college professors today couldn't be professors if there were students now yeah. because like the barrier for entry is so much higher now and i think um, the best way to combat burnout would be to just find the profession, profession, find the job that like that that you want to do. And I think if you can't, if you can't find that route, then burnout's going to be a huge problem. Oh yeah, you're going to need to change. I've, I've seen amongst my peers a lot of burnout, and I, I see it basically any class I go to. Right, like it might seem mean to say, but. Sometimes I see some of my friends have gray hairs from all the stress they've been under. <laughs> and maybe it's 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 not necessarily the, uh, the pursuit of um, a, a career or finding out what it is that you, you want to do because there's so much out there we don't know what we want to do. But mm -hmm. maybe um, pa your passion, you know, yeah. like that you you can follow your passions that you're not being forced into things that are not you. Um, and and we know so many students that are being told, you know, you're going to have to follow this technology route or this business route oh, because yeah, that's yeah. where you're going to find success and then you're like wait i want to draw pretty postcards <laughs> and send those to my friends you know? right. <laughs> um yeah yeah definitely yeah because a lot of people or a lot of my peers are like oh yeah i need to do so well to prepare me to get into a good college right and to then get a good job so then an interesting narrative comes up where it's are you truly preparing yourself for life after high school by studying immensely and always being so absorbed in academia? 
No. Pay <laughs> <laughs> so much more to life. Uh, um, and you know, it, it depends on who you are. And like, I think you've got to find that that root of academia that inspires you and moves you. You know, I I love reading great essays. Um, and you know, with the AP Lang experience, um, oh, all of the, the, the grades, right? And the great writing that's out there. I I love that pursuit of academia, but um, I'm not going to sit and learn how to code or <laughs> that. I think you've got to decide what it is that that um, you like the most, right. um, and and uh, to put yourself out in that direction. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a balance. It's a balanced thing, but I, I've i definitely seen people that have changed their lives from purely moving to academics where they didn't they didn't have a direction in life. Yeah. And, they, and they sat down and they taught and like they taught themselves coding or they, yeah. or, you know, they did the work. And, um, you know, I think, you know, there comes a time when being a college kid is fun, but then you got to start paying the bills. And it's like, right. yeah. I did an art major, but that's not gonna, you know, pay for my rent or pay right. for my water. So. so it's all about the balance, right? Yeah, the balance and I think the practicality of just I don't know. Not yeah. everything can not anything you do will work. It has to be you have to be lucky or pick a business major. Yeah. <laughs> make yeah. a lot of money. But. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time here. I'll let you guys get back to your classes so you can teach the future generation of America or other countries, who knows, but thank you so much for your time. Long as any time. This concludes our talk with Ms. Pope and Mr. DeLong. Thank you so much for listening. For a transcript of this episode, head to the NHS Point of View tab on our website, nhsmessenger.org, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NHS Point of View for updates and new episodes. I'm your host, Marcus Kim, and this has been Point of View. <laughs>